Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Southern New England's Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. This is Meter and the Coach. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Welcome back to Meter and the Coach on 103.7 WEEI. Scott Credici filling in for John Meter Perel this morning with former Friars coach Tim Welsh. So, Tim, we talked a lot about the Friars and Ed Cooley's return to Providence. How about some other local teams? We'll start with the Roadie Rams. And, you know, I, I know it's been a little bit of a slow burn for Ram fans. And, uh, you know, they, they want this team to be, you know, better and, and great overnight. But that's not the way it's going to happen down in Kingston. Um, you know, not a lot of expectations. The Rams were picked second to last in the Atlantic 10. And I think they've been more competitive in conference play than people expected, given the way they performed out of conference and yesterday I thought was a great test for them because they were playing a George Mason team that's having a pretty good season, although they had lost a few games consecutively going into yesterday's game down in Fairfax. But they played the Patriots tough. And, and I said on my show with Nick yesterday, I said, you know, uh, the addition of a guy like David Green has made a big difference in terms of this Rhode Island team. And when Green plays well, they seem to be a different team. And he, I said they're going to need him to play well if they're going to pull off the upside yesterday. He played very well. Uh, they didn't get the win, but, you know, he had 29 points. And I just feel like he brings a little edge and a little energy that, that may have been lacking before he became eligible. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's, he's given them a little bit more of a punch. And, you know, Archie Miller – is a proven winner, uh, and that's where Rhode Island fans have to understand. They, they've they got a gem. They have a gem of a coach who understands how to win. He's competitive. Uh, he's got experience. He's got connections in recruiting. He knows how to win. Uh, he, we saw what he did at Dayton. He did a fine job at Indiana, but in, that job is what it is. And, uh, you know, Rhode Island is going to be good. They're going to be good. And the, the, the issue with – any of those type teams in the Atlantic 10 is, is what you can do in the portal. It really is important, you know, and combined with your high school recruiting, junior college recruiting, but uh, you've got to be able to score. You've got to be able to find those guys and make sure they fit in are good enough to play at this level. And green's a perfect example. He's, he's good. He's a guy that they can build around a guy that they can, you know, find ways to, get him to score like he did yesterday they did defensively yesterday they struggled but they're going to be fine they've already excuse me they already have more wins than they had a year ago so that means you're heading in the right direction especially we're only in january still and so they're competitive like you said last year they were not and uh when i saw them i just was said their talent level is just not what it needs to be and they know they knew that 
and uh, they've retooled and they've made the step in the right direction. I think they're going to make the next step too. And I, you see teams around the league and you're capable of doing it. You, you talk about Mason, you know, they've gone from where Kim brought them and they lost Oduro and Gaines, but they're still good because they went out and found other guys. Uh, George Washington has made big strides this year. Uh, you look at St. Joe's, They've made big strides, and, and St. Bonaventure's had to retool basically their whole roster in the last couple of years. So that's the way you have to approach it. That's the way co- – that's college basketball 2024. You, you've got to be active in the portal. I mean, we're talking about the Big 12. I mean, I, uh, Oklahoma's been a top 15 team all year, and they have eight new guys. Yep. They just went – they found guys in the portal. They're best players from Siena. So it's like, you know, you got to be – you've got to be active – in the portal and uh you've got to be and spot on and be good at it you have to be you know you have to really work at it because of the fact you just can't take guys you have to you have to understand if they can fit and if their talent level is at the level that you need to play in your in your conference meanwhile yesterday up in smithfield the battle for first place in the america east between the host brian bulldogs and the visiting vermont catamounts and once again, Vermont proves that they are the top dog and they are the team to beat in America East until somebody proves that they can knock them off. You know, Vermont entered the week tied for first in the conference with both UMass Lowell and Bryant, both of whom were also undefeated in conference play. And all Vermont did was go on the road Thursday night and beat UMass Lowell and then go on the road Saturday and beat Bryant. So until further notice, Vermont continues to rule the roost in the America East. Yeah, they do. They do. And, and uh, you know, John Becker's <laughs> amazing the, what he's done up there. I can't believe someone hasn't swooped in and, and tried to pry him out of there. May I don't really know. Maybe he doesn't want to leave. Maybe he's in a good spot. You know, with nothing beats winning, that's for sure. And uh, that's what he's done. But Phil Martelli Jr. has done a terrific job. I mean, yep. the situation that he was thrust into is, is not easy. It's not easy. It's, it's similar to what Joe Missoula had to dive into a year ago. I mean, start the season and here you go. Here's the keys of the, the program. And, you know, those, even though he's worked with those assistants, those aren't his handpicked assistants, but they're doing a great job. And Phil, uh, you just talk to him uh, and you say, I, I'd like to play for this guy. He is, he's very positive. He's uh, smart. He's experienced. Uh, you know, obviously we know he grew up as a coach's son and uh you know a lot of guys grew up as coaches son doesn't mean they're going to be a co- good coach but he paid attention he's got the chops i'm glad he's had the opportunity now and that bryant was smart enough to give him the keys to the program permanently because they're going to be they're going to be fine and, and i think they can be competitive with vermont i think it's probably just a good experience to play them uh play them now figure out what you need to do to, to beat them but the problem is in that league <laughs> at the end of the day on that final Saturday morning, uh, you're probably going to have to make a trip up to Burlington to get to the NCAA tournament. That's never easy playing there on for the league championship. Right. And then in the Ivy League, Mike Martin's Bears continue to play close games and they continue to fail to get over the hump in those close games. You know, yesterday they led at Dartmouth by 14 in the first half. They were up 11 at halftime and Dartmouth comes back. Brown led that game for about 36 minutes out of the 40 minutes, yet it was Dartmouth that pulled away with the four-point uh, four victory. And, 
you know, for Brown, it's just a matter of it, it, turning, flipping that script, finding a way to win those close games. I mean, the bad news is they lost another close one again, and it's just agonizing to see it happen game after game. The good news is they entered yesterday tied for fourth in the Ivy League, and, of course, you want to be one of the top four because only the top four teams in the conference get invited to their postseason tournament. And they exited the day tied for fourth. They're now in a five-way tie for fourth place in the Ivy League. So they, they still control their own destiny, but for the Bears, it's going to be a matter of turning those close losses into wins. Yeah, I mean, you watch Brown, and you obviously you know a lot more about him than I do, but when you do watch them, you see that they're right there. They're right there. It's just, you know, they clean up a couple things, just tighten up a little bit, you know, their shot selection, their defense a little bit. I, the league is going to be had for sure. I don't think, and, and you know, maybe correct me on this, but I think, you know, even Columbia, they can pass these teams. They can absolutely pass these teams, but, you know, they've got to, you've got to go win. You've got to go win. But I think the Ivy League is, it, it, it's, it's not as good as it's been maybe in the past few years. So I think that's where we can give Brown some hope and Mike can say, you know, we go on a little bit of a streak here. We can find ourselves in position to get in the top four. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that's what it comes down to. You know, Cornell yesterday beat up on Princeton up in Ithaca, and that's a team that Brown lost two by one here. And the only reason they lost in that game is because there was an eight-minute stretch in the first half where Cornell hit eight consecutive threes. Um, other than that, they did not shoot the ball that well. Brown defended them well, but – yeah, I, I would agree with you, Tim. I think there, there's definitely a path into the top four for Brown if they can play well and, and find a way to win some of those close games. So that's our college basketball take. You know, we haven't talked anything uh, about the NBA. Just a quick thought on the Celtics. So they lost last night to the Clippers, and, and almost predictable after that unbelievable shooting night against the Heat in Miami. They come home and have the direct opposite kind of game against the Clippers where they couldn't put the ball in the ocean if they were standing in a boat. So, um the talent's undeniable on the Celtics, right? I think we can all agree with that. My, my big concern, Tim, with the Celtics is, and I kind of felt this way when I watched that game against Denver, their first home loss of the season. Like when they get into one of those tight playoff atmosphere type games, do they have the toughness, the grit, the resolve to win those types of games? Because I feel like they're a great front-running team. They love to chuck the three, and when the threes are falling, nobody's going to beat them. But when those threes aren't going and they need to do the dirty work and take the ball to the rim and defend and get stops, can they do that come playoff time? That's still my big question for this team as we look toward the postseason. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of good teams out there, and, uh, you know, who's going to step up? First and foremost is Porzingis. I mean, he, he missed he missed last night's game again. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineup with different injuries. Uh, nothing from, like, the old injuries he had, like uh, the plantar fasciitis. I mean, if that pops up, then you really got to be concerned. You've got an ankle turn here and ankle, or a sprain there. You can't be get too crazy about that but they've got to they've got to manage him they've got they need him they need him as as that kind of that third guy holiday's not going to be a guy that's going to go get 20 25 points you know he's going to run your team he's going to make shots uh Derek white obviously is, is going to be there their defense was lacking last night for sure uh you know i just i just wonder if until they do it you know they've got to prove that they can beat these teams that are you know are going to guard them 
they're going to make take away the threes. They're going to make Jalen Brown go to his left. Uh, you know, I watch some of these games where Jalen Brown goes and gets 35, but there's no defense. There's no defense out there. And if you watch the games closely, that's that's the NBA. In the middle of this, the middle of the season, you know, teams are they're not going to get down and dirty like Miami did in the playoffs last year. And that's what that's what they're going to face. And uh, where whether it's Miami or Philadelphia, uh, you know, the Knicks, uh, you know, they, don't forget about the Knicks. The Knicks are pretty darn good. I watched. Yep. I watched a lot of their game the other night, and they just they spanked Denver. Now Denver was on the fifth game of a fifth five game road trip. Looked like they mailed it in that night, but the Knicks have a lot of options. The Knicks are pretty gritty. Uh, Brunson has had is a, should should be an all star starter basically the year that he's had, and uh, Tom Thibodeau's really got them playing at a high level. So they're an issue as well moving forward. But you know, the Celtics talent it can't be denied how good they are, how good they are offensively. Um, but, you know, as you said, the threes, if they're not falling, you know, what now, where do they go? And that's where they have to have a little, maybe some more balance in their offense. And will they understand that? Uh, Jason Tatum, you know, will he be the, uh, a big moment guy in a big moment? And that's that's also an issue. That's an issue until he does it, you know, doing it in January against uh, the Grizzlies doesn't impress me. You know, you, you've got to go into the playoffs with laser focus and you know now they've they had the big winning streak at home now they've lost two in a row at home so you know that that part of it has to be looked at as well because their home court record last year in the playoffs was disastrous i mean they lost many games at home in the playoffs so all those questions have to be answered i think they're better uh, i think joe's much better as a coach this year and that's only obvious that he would grow as a coach because he was thrown into the fire quickly last year without his own assistance he's got his own assistance he's got a year under his belt more confident uh, he understands that the organization's backing him so that's all good so i think all all that's better than last year but obviously you've got to go do it all right one final question for you before we take a break uh, after your trip to buffalo on friday did you swing by the dome to see Dave Bing's name get unveiled in the Ring of Honor last night at the dome? <laughs> I was not there. I was not there. I was I was attending uh, I was attending Shrek yesterday, the play Shrek at, for Eldridge Elementary School, and then two ba- two a uh, sixth fifth grade basketball game and a sixth seventh grade basketball game. That was my day yesterday, and then in between watching the Friars game, uh, a rare Saturday off, uh, no college basketball games to attend yesterday. So that was it's actually good. It was actually fun to be home and just watch uh, watch the Friars game. I did catch a little. Syracuse game last night they they look pretty impressive and uh, a lot of good games yesterday of course uh, the game that stuck out to me yesterday was uh, poor Clemson down there oh. playing at Cameron playing at Cameron Indoor with the, getting the foul called with a second to go on just hardly anything yeah. it was just a nothing call and if I'm Brad Brownell I I'd be I couldn't eat solid food for a week <laughs> after that because it was just brutal Brutal. That call was absolutely brutal. And, you know, we all talk about it. You go to Duke, you're not going to get the calls. You go to Allen Fieldhouse, you're not going to get the calls. And I've been there at courtside, and I saw it yeah. two weeks ago. I was there, and, you know, Oklahoma, you know, goes in there fighting Kansas, and but then they get every call down the stretch. And then, But that yesterday was criminal. It really was. But, but the call, I don't know if you saw it, the call at the end I of did. the game. I mean, I did. Yeah, the, the Duke players fading away 
yep. and just falls down and gets a foul call. I mean, you, you just you can't blow your whistle there. You can't decide a game that way. I mean, if you make that call in the middle of the half, that's fine. You know, it happens. But there's no way you can call that to decide a game. That's just it's unfair for the for the players and the coaches and everybody involved. For a guy that was raised on Big East basketball, you have to draw blood in a situation like that to get the whistle, right? Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, you know, that's the one thing I've always said about the Big East, that their officials are the best. Because, first of all, going back to when, I, when we were coaching, Art Hyland was the supervisor of officials. He would not allow that. that. I mean, if you did something like that, you might not get another game. You might not be on oh, the yeah. schedule for the rest of the year. And you had uh, Timmy and, Higgins, John Burr, you know, John, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jim Bird, John, John Cal. Cal. Yeah. yeah, you had, you yeah. had the best. And now John Cal has taken over for Art Highland. He's, you know, and we all know what a great official he was with high integrity. Uh, he's just taken it, taken the ball and moved it forward with the Big East. You know, they're still the best in the country, in my opinion, because of John Cal. You know, he would not allow something like that either. Yeah, it's just, you know, and, and th- let me just tell you, some conferences that that's not the case. You know, the head of officials in some conferences, the, the coach calls and sends the tape with, with some play like that. And the head of the officials just always sticks up for the refs. He sticks up for the officials. You know, they're a little fraternity, but that's not the case in the Big East. So yeah, that was disappointing to see. I felt bad for Clemson last night because they played a terrific game on the road. They should have won it. All right, we'll take a quick time out, top of the hour break. When we come back, former Friar Joe Hassett joins us to give us his thoughts on what transpired at the AMP yesterday. You're listening to Meter and the Coach, Scott Credishy filling in for John Meter Perel. With- okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 